everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Welcome to episode 8 of the Lee Evie Korean Drama Podcast. Today, I am going to be discussing my thoughts and feelings about the very recently aired drama, My First First Love, which is a college-age youth drama that uh, aired on Netflix, actually. So the first season aired, uh, I think, at the beginning of 2019, and that was only eight episodes. I didn't realize that it was only actually the first half of basically just a normal, you know, romantic 16 episode drama in the style that, you know, so many contemporary K-dramas are 16 episodes. Um, So what they've done is they've obviously filmed the whole thing and then they've literally chopped it in half and called the first half, the first eight episodes, season one, and the second half, season two. Um, But it's not like really the traditional kind of arc that you kind of come to expect from seasons, you know, like, um, you know, with a self-contained arc and a cliffhanger or anything like that. It literally is like the story just cuts off and then (laughs) you're left waiting for months for the rest of the story. So that kind of killed me. Um, I I was completely addicted to this show and then I had to wait for so long and I didn't realize it was just cut in half. And I was, I thought that was it. I thought there was no more show and I was very, very, very upset. Uh, Luckily, there was more show and I have since watched the entire thing. So this drama, My First First Love, stars Jisoo as a character called Taehyung. So Jisoo is one of those actors, I completely love him. He hasn't really had practically any lead roles. He keeps playing the second male lead in a lot of dramas, even though I feel like popularity-wise he's quite well-known, and I'm not really sure why it's taken so long to kind of get that lead role. He did star in a short three-episode series called Page Turner, which I really loved, um, and he was a lead in that, but you know, three episodes. And this one, as far as I know, this is actually his first lead role in a full-length drama. So obviously I was really keen to check it out even just based on that. But I have a huge soft spot in my heart for any kind of youth drama. Like if it deals with first love and, you know, following your dreams and figuring out who you are and all those tangle of emotions, um, I am so there. I love that stuff in like college age or high school dramas. I just, I think it's absolutely great. So I was pretty there for this drama the second I first heard about it. 
I really love Jisoo as an actor. Um, he's not, you know, one of my total, total favorites, but I think that's only really probably because he hasn't really had that many lead roles yet and I haven't seen him in a huge amount of dramas. Um, I've mentioned before on the podcast that, you know, he obviously broke out in a major way with his role um, as a very scary, scary teen in Angry Mum, and he was amazing in that. And I think he kind of got typecast as, you know, a bit of, you know, the bad rough boy who's actually misunderstood and is usually very severely bashed up by his dad in a lot of dramas. Um, and he's really fucking good at playing that role. Uh, since then, I think he's sort of, you know, he's departed from that a little bit and tried to play some different kinds of characters. Um, but it's hard to sort of get that you know, that initial image of him out of my head, I suppose. And I think it's because um, he's got such an intense face in a really good way. Like, I mean, obviously he's a super good looking guy, but he looks very fierce, I suppose. Like he has a resting angry face and um, yeah, I guess it, he it's either that or it's super, super goofy face. It's like there's no in-between for Jisoo. It's like a switch. He's either super 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 goofy or really intense and a little bit scary in a good way so it was interesting seeing him in this drama play a bit of a goof and really kind of play up that side of the role he's a real clueless young man um he's at uni and uh, he <laughs> he's kind of interested in getting a girlfriend at the start of this show so I guess I'll give you a little bit of an overview of what this is about Basically, Teo is a pretty rich dude in college who is a little bit estranged from his family and he lives in this super nice house that's really freaking huge. And he, his main thing is that he's decided he needs to get a girlfriend. Through the drama, we slowly figure out that he's best friend his whole life, who he's been there for every time she's had a problem and vice versa, is this very beautiful young woman called Songi. And I get the impression at the beginning that on and off, you know, Teo's had feelings for her and maybe has held himself back from, you know, having relationships with other women because maybe he's sort of holding out for something with her. But at the same time, he's now made a decision. He's just going to get on with his life and he wants a girlfriend. Uh, through all sorts of crazy circumstances, basically Teo ends up with a whole bunch of people living in his house, kind of friends of his and randoms. And um, Songi as well ends up there. But Songi is going through an intensely difficult time. Her mum's gone AWOL. She has nowhere to live. She's kicked out of her house. And it takes Teo just a little while to sort of catch on that there's something going on with her and that she needs help. She's quite embarrassed of his situation and she doesn't want to impose. Um, meanwhile, Teo has a friend, this other like super cool, super good looking guy from college called Dohyun. And Dohyun switches on that Songi is in trouble a little bit earlier. And those two begin the first shades of what will become, you know, a romantic interest in each other um, as Dohyun sort of turns up and help, helps Songi in her time of need. So I really liked the setup. I thought um, it takes a while to get going and it's a bit of an ensemble cast. Like it's definitely not like just Jisoo as the main character and everyone else with tiny roles. I think it is, everyone has like a lot of meat to their own backstory and a lot of different things are going on in this drama, which I did really enjoy. 
I did really, really enjoy the first season or the first half of this drama. Um, I found it extremely addictive. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it as I was going through it. But it is very, um, I guess we have Jisoo's character, Teo, who spends a lot of that early section sort of chasing after this other woman or you know young lady at his college. And he spends a lot of time hitting on her and sort of starting this relationship with her. And meanwhile, Songi and Dohan are getting closer and closer and starting to form their own relationship, which they're sort of keeping secret from everyone else in the house. And the first season or the first half of, you know, this drama finishes with Tao finding out that his friend Songi and his other friend Dohan have actually got together. So he sees them kiss. But in the lead up to that, there's sort of an interesting sequence where Tao thinks that Songi has decided that she likes him. And he's, you know, he, he's pretty... I don't want to say he's not into it, but he kind of thinks, oh yeah, of course she's into me, but I'm going to let her down. But he feels really weird about the whole thing and he feels really awkward. And I think it's actually the point where he realizes that she's not into him and she's into his friend Dohan, that things really hit home with Taro. And this is the beginning of a big problem for him, which is he realizes that he's got some sort of feelings for Songi, who is his best friend. And this person who he's basically grown up with, they've been best friends for 20 years. They know everything about each other. They are so close. And this obviously really complicates things. And I think he's trying to do the right thing when he realizes that her feelings have, you know, not gone in his direction. But I think he also feels really weird about it. Look, I don't know if I'm some kind of weirdo who just loves it when, you know, things get super romantically angsty in dramas, but even though I loved watching this and I was completely addicted and I was like, next episode, next episode, the point where it really, really got me was when the love triangle stuff really kicks in. And of course, this is the part where all the characters start getting really, really fucking unhappy. And I don't know why I enjoy all this really angsty, agonizing, romantic stuff, but I love a good love triangle. Like when it's done right, it is just, it is so good. So I really, really liked it. But I have to say that I have mixed feelings about this drama in some ways. Like it's weird because I love it and I was addicted to it and I didn't want to watch anything else while it was on. But I found the start, like it took a little bit too long for me before before the love triangle kicked in, before Jisoo's character Teo kind of switched on to the, the fact that he had feelings for Songi. And I guess I kind of wanted him to discover that a little bit earlier. I don't know if I'm just a bit of a sucker for the, you know, the unrequited thing where he's in love with her, but she doesn't realize and he's all agonized because clearly her feelings are going elsewhere. And I mean, that stuff does happen, but it, it took literally eight episodes before he begins to realize that maybe he likes her. And by then, um, you know, Songi is openly dating Dohan and they have this very, very sweet love. Um, you know, they get together and they're very happy and they're very cute and it's all completely charming. Like you can totally imagine that they'd actually do really well together if it wasn't for Songi's, you know, long standing friendship with Teo, which immediately 
as soon as they, they kind of tell everyone about their romance, uh, Do-hyun starts to feel weird about the fact that Songhee is living in Tae-ho's house. And to be honest, part of me thinks that things only get weird about it because Do-hyun sort of makes it into a big deal and suddenly Songhee thinks it's a big deal to spend time with Tao and be alone with him and it almost I think kind of alerts her to the fact that something might happen between them or you know that there's the possibility that it could because Dohan is jealous about it and he's weird about it and he feels odd about them living together even though you know there's other people in the house so I thought that was kind of interesting I kind of felt like Dohan sort of kicked it off in a way although obviously that wasn't his intention at all but the part where I really got just completely addicted to this drama was when those tensions really started to rise and I guess all the jealousy stuff started happening I really love that stuff like I know it's such a trope to have a love triangle and everyone you know getting jealous of each other but I, I, I don't know it works I totally love it so I guess the kind of scenes that really worked for me is Songi is very happily dating Dohyun, but by this point Teo has he's really realized that he loves her basically but he's not doing anything and he's trying very hard particularly not to do anything because he really likes Dohan and their friends and he doesn't want to you know fuck everything up and screw up his friendship and cause any problems either as far as he knows Songi is really really happy with Dohan but Songi has this issue with her mom who's gone AWOL and just basically disappeared and left her high and dry and Songi manages to find out where her mum has gone. So she finds out she's in this other town and she does a bit of sleuthing and she books herself a bus ticket and she calls Dohan and she says, you know, I'm going to find my mum and you can come, but I'm leaving in 40 minutes. But Dohan has his own shit going on with his family and I think it's an interesting thing because I know, I get why he says no. He's had his own bombshell, he's had his own issues going on. But at the same time, this is this really, really critical point where Songi Songi needs him. She needs someone to come with her. What she's about to do is heavily emotional. It's going to be hard for her and she's not, you know, she's going to be in a really bad emotional state no matter how this meeting with her mum goes. And I think Dohyun knows that, but he's still, you know, he's busy I guess and it's not his fault it's his family you know but he puts his family first instead of putting Songi first and I guess this is the beginning of the end for Dohyun although you know when I was watching all this stuff I still had no idea which way this love triangle was going to go at the end until of course Netflix totally fucking spoiled me by putting um, a little thumbnail of Teo and Songi making out as their little thumbnail thing on Netflix so I didn't mind seeing it because it was very exciting and I really wanted that, you know, the drama to end that way. But also it was a super major spoiler. Uh, but anyway, so Songi's on the bus and she's pretty sad that Dohan hasn't come with her and she's pretty worried about what's going to happen. And then Teo has heard about it through other means and he just drops everything in his entire life, including his sort of girlfriend, this other, um, you know, girl that he's been chasing at college and he just runs to be at Songi's side and he gets on the bus. And I love all this sequence. I think it's really, it's actually really romantic. Um, 
I, I like the way, you know, he takes her hand on the bus because he can see how heavy this is for her and how much she's freaking out. And I like that he was just there, that he understood what a big deal this was for her. So this was, this was like, I guess, the bunch of scenes that were my favorite in the whole drama. It was the point when you really see that Teo and Songi have something, they have this understanding between them, you know, and there is something more than just friendship. They are so close that it is like their family. And even though they haven't figured out their, you know, or sorted out their romantic feelings or, you know, whether there is any or not on Songi's side at this point, we don't know. But, you know, obviously Teo is completely smitten. It doesn't matter either way. You know, he's there for her and she needed him and he was there. And you get the impression that that has happened a million times over in their life. I really loved this collection of scenes. I loved Songi meeting her mom and I loved her reaction, you know, and how angry she was and how they help each other. There's a really fun scene where they end up having to go to a motel for the night. And of course, there's only one room left because of course. But the funny part is that um, Teo's like kind of harassing the guy behind the desk and he doesn't believe him that there's only one room left. So it's quite funny. It's like the drama completely uses that, you know, that's, romantic trope but also a bit tongue-in-cheek and kind of points fun at the fact that it happens as well but at the same time you know Songi is so upset she you know she doesn't even care that you know they're going into the one motel room or anything and so it's like it's such a sad kind of collection of scenes I guess they're very emotionally heavy and I think really really well done um, but it, it progresses the relationship between them in such an interesting way that I really, really liked because it's natural for these two to hang out and be together and be quiet together and spend time alone together. And it's more that it's unnatural. It's only unnatural because of the way the other people around them are reacting. And I get that, you know, like if you were the partner of someone who's gone off and then, you know, stayed over the night overnight in a different city together with somebody else like you are going to be upset but Songi is so you know she's so numb to everything that's happening and she can recognize that Teo is there and that he saved her by being there but you know she's not thinking about it she's very preoccupied by her own problems and all these issues with her mom and she's absolutely heartbroken and so Dohyun's reaction when she gets back like he's trying not to get angry but he does and he's so unbelievably jealous which I understand but he almost creates the weirdness of it I suppose like um it, it's really clear how how much he doesn't like it, what's happened and how much he sort of is blaming Teo and blaming Songi and wishing, you know, kind of telling them they shouldn't have done it. When at the same time, you know, should Songi have gone all by herself? She couldn't have handled that. And, you know, Teo is her best friend. And should he have let her go all by herself if Dohan didn't go? So it's a really interesting sort of complex situation where I guess nothing's too, um, you know, too obvious how it how people could have done it any differently so I really like that I like that it's it's emotionally complex and this is the point where everyone's feelings just begin to get tangled in such a difficult way where you can really understand why people are acting the way that they are for instance Dohan I get why he's so weirded out by this by their friendship by them spending time together um 
but at the same time, you can't fault them for doing that either. And even with Teo, you know, Teo has like, you know, a really open conversation with Dohan where Dohan is like, you know, if you're going to hit on her, then do it. I'm confident she'll choose me or let it go. And I really liked it. Um, and Teo, you know, he admitted that he tried, he tried to get rid of his feelings, but he can't. And I liked that sort of honesty between them. So this for me was the drama at its absolute high point. Like I just fucking loved all that stuff. It's so good and so angsty and so romantic. For me, this is the part of the drama where my feelings about it get a bit complicated. So when Teo and Sungi get back and, you know, I love, absolutely love the fallout of their trip, you know, the emotional fallout in the love triangle, I think is just done so well. Like it's very angsty. You feel sorry for everyone and you can really feel how much Teo loves her and how much Songi is beginning to waver and this is what's very interesting because I really didn't get romantic vibes off her towards Teo at any other point in the drama. I think um, we see in a flashback that when she was a teen she kind of had feelings for him but she's just sort of pushed them away because you know they're best friends. They, they've got something to lose. It's a big risk getting together. Um, but during the actual drama itself, I, I never really got major romance vibes. Like she's very squarely focused on Dohyun and he's the guy that she likes and they're having this really sweet romance and she seems really happy. But I think this trip with Teo to find her mum has really shown her what he means to her. The fact that he dropped everything and the fact that he was such a pillar of support I suppose and he knew what she needed and just gave everything to her it really really moves her and I think it also makes her realize that he's done this so many times before that in her life he's this you know major constant presence and he's always helping her and I think it really complicates things um, also because when they get back stuff just gets weird and I really liked this too. One of the things I liked the most is this, this subtle way that no one talks about this really awkward shift between these three that, you know, this shift into actual love triangle territory where all three of them are suddenly aware that something's a bit wrong, that th this is a love triangle, but none of them, I guess, are exactly voicing it fully allowed at this point and I really liked the way the drama brings it across so for instance one example would be before before you know the uh, Teo and Dohan have ever had an open talk about Teo liking Songi or anything there's this scene after they come back um, from seeing Songi's mum where Teo is in class and he's got there before everyone and he's lying down on his desk and behind him Dohan walks into the same class but instead of going and sitting next to Teo like he always does he sits at the back and they both kind of know the other ones there and they both just sort of you know, not talking to each other and not, yeah, interacting. And oh, it's a really, I just thought it was such a good way to sort of display this awkward, weird tension where they know something is just not right. And it's the same between Songi and Teo as well. 
they're just both aware of this shift. And obviously he's completely into her, but he's not making a move or anything. But she is now aware that something is different between them. She feels awkward if she's with him. She feels obviously, obviously romantically interested in him now, suddenly. So I really loved that stuff. And then the next section of the drama, I also loved, but I kind of had some odd feelings about because basically the next big emotional thing that happens in the drama is that Teo's mom, who has apparently been dead for like 20 years, has actually abandoned him just the same as Songi's. And suddenly Songi and Teo have to go off and find his mom who abandoned him. So I feel weird about it because it is literally like a rehash of the whole fantastic emotional storyline that we just saw with Songi and her mom who abandoned her. Like literally the same thing, you know, they have to go off together alone to a place outside Seoul and they have to, you know, go find this abandoned mother who doesn't know that they're coming. And it's different, of course, and it's reversed and the circumstances are slightly different, but frankly, they're not that different. Like it is literally a rehash storyline. But at the same time, because of the emotions involved uh, and, you know, the menace of the string of scenes in the lead up as Songi is sort of leading this oblivious Teo to this island and he knows something's going on. Like he knows something really weird is happening and she's not telling him because she can't because it's just too big and too awful and she doesn't even know how. Like all this stuff is great. Like the lead up is great. The emotions are great. Everything about it is great, except that it's literally what just happened in the drama. So I think like I love what it does for the characters and their relationship and, you know, driving them forward and driving Teo and Songi closer and, you know, making Dohan jealous all over again in the exact same way as before. But I didn't like from probably a writing point of view that it was literally the same storyline done twice to get the same emotions, but from a different character. So, you know, we get to see in the first time when Songi looks for her mom, we get to see, you know, Songi in this really vulnerable position and we get to see Teo helping her and how that makes her feel. And this time it's obviously reversed, you know, Teo is in trouble emotionally and Songi is trying to do everything she can to protect him and help him, but also break this awful news to him. So, it's all like top notch and perfect, but literally it's the same thing. So I have complicated feelings towards that. Um, I was there for it, but if I had written a drama like this, I don't think I would have liked to have done that if I was a writer. This is the point for me where I felt the last two episodes of the drama kind of went downhill and I feel a little bit sad about it because um, maybe the three or four episodes before that were just like absolute fucking gold. Like I was so excited and I just spent the last two days, I, I couldn't watch any drama because you know real life got in the way and I was just sitting there like going, oh my God, I need to see the end. I need to see the end. And then I did see the end and I, I feel a little bit disappointed and I feel so sad to say that because I was loving loving the show and I, I was really excited to get to the end but I feel you know in a drama that's so focused on romance like this is a very romance focused drama and it's got a love triangle at the heart of it and I felt really weird that the last two episodes just sort of seemed to let it drop like they didn't 
I feel like they didn't follow follow it through. They've they've really set up this love triangle and the romance to be a big angsty thing and then they just kind of let it die in the water, which I found really strange. So for me a big problem was they have uh you know Teo goes and sees his mom and and then everything's just fine like you know at first he's really upset and he's angry and that part's great and then all his friends come to help him and you know that's nice and then he goes and he sees his mum and then when he gets back to Seoul uh, he's just he's kind of like yeah that sucks that you guys lied to me that she was dead all these years but like you know I'm gonna be an adult and get on with it and I did like <laughs> that he you know he's just like look I don't get it and I don't understand it but let's just move on and we'll just do our best so you know that's refreshing but at the same time it was a lot of emotional sort of setup with no fallout at all and he was just you know really happy and then I really dislike how Dohan sort of exits this drama so I guess in hindsight you know through watching the drama I really didn't know which of the two boys Songy was going to pick um, I thought you know she might well pick Dohan at the end of this and leave Teo you know upset and moving on with his life in a different way but in hindsight I can see that Dohan is a very typical K-drama second male lead he's the nice guy who's eternally nice, who does the right thing and, you know, is always there, well, you know, as, as there as he can make himself. And then at the end of the drama, he does that second male lead eternal nice guy thing where he just bows out. And I didn't feel like it kind of ranked, uh, it does ring true that he makes the decision. She's clearly not in love with him. I get that he doesn't want to pursue a relationship with someone who doesn't care about him in the way that he cares about her. But what I didn't like is that I feel like the drama, because they want a happy ending to this show, they definitely want us as a watcher to feel good. They don't want us to feel sorry for Dohan. So they make Dohan kind of be like, you know, oh, I've learned so much about myself by dating you. I've learned I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself and that, you know, maybe I wasn't very happy and now I'm going to go live in some other town with my dad, which even though one episode before that was the worst thing in the whole world he can think of, suddenly he's really happy to quit uni and he's really happy to let all this hard work go to waste and, he, you know, it's all good that his dad has this massive debt and, you know, like, bye everybody and he's all really smiley and happy and he goes off and it's like he's supposed to be a bit... You know, it's a bit bittersweet, but, you know, he's totally fine. It's all good. Don't feel sorry for him. And I didn't like that because he was clearly like extraordinarily upset for the last bunch of episodes. So to me, it felt like a too neat tied up ending and it didn't ring true at all to how jealous and angry his character had been getting up until that point. And suddenly he just lets go and he's happy. And I don't like the scenes of him, you know, when he's you, you kind of see him in this, you know, cafe with these beautiful blossom things above him and he's supposed to be just happy, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really buy it. So it felt a bit neat in the same way that um, Teo's fallout with his parents after they lied to him and pretended his mom was dead for like a million years, which frankly is such an intense storyline that could have been the main topic of an entire drama. But in this was just, you know, an episode and a half. It was too neat. You know, he, I, th I thought it was very mature of him the way that he dealt with it. But at the same time, 
it just ended and then he was really happy. And then Dohyun has just sort of broken up with Songi and left and he's really happy and Songi's sort of like, yeah, okay. And then Tao um takes Songi out and they sit at this restaurant and he's like, yeah, me and my mom, you know, like it's good, we're talking. And then he just turns to her and Tao says, you know, I've decided that I need you in my life. I need you. And she smiles at him and she's like, you know, I feel exactly the same. And then they smile at each other and that's the end of the episode. And then we go into the last episode, which I have to say feels like filler. So I'm kind of thinking, wait, so was that a love confession? Did it, I mean, it kind of seemed like it was and she just didn't seem surprised at all. She didn't seem nervous. Like, I mean, did she know that he felt that about her? Like, I just didn't quite understand what happened. And then the drama skips forward, you know, quite a long time. And we see, you know, the other members in the house are doing well. And I'm pretty sure like we barely see Dohyun ever again. We just have to like presume that he's all good and happy or whatever. And we see everyone else's dreams coming true and stuff. And then we see Songi and Tao go out shopping together and they're really cute and they're really together. And he's sort of being a bit flirty with her. And then suddenly, um, you know, she calls him her boyfriend and I'm like, hang on, what? You guys are dating now? Like, when did that even happen? And then they have a kiss scene, which is like, it's their first kiss ever, even though it's been a little while, like at least a few days or maybe even a month or two. I don't even know at this point. And I just like, it was so weird, you know, like the whole point of this drama is literally Tao is best friends with Songi. What's going to happen? You know, are they going to develop feelings for each other? Is, you know, Dohan as part of a love triangle going to get in the way? Are they going to end up together or not? And then I felt like the drama just gave us all these sugary sweet string of scenes for the last episode that were just really, really happy, but didn't really match the tone of the rest of the drama or give us any or give me, I should say, any of the emotional payoff I wanted from the romance and from the love triangle. Like, I don't understand how Songi was so sure that Taylor was in love with her that when he kind of had this sort of half confession, she was just like, cool, yep, that sounds great. I, I agree. Instead of being like, whoa, like this is a pretty big deal. Like what's going on? And then I'm supposed to believe that, you know, like I almost felt like when when I saw them kiss on screen, it's this really sweet, cute kiss. And I kind of got the impression that they'd already kissed each other before that. And I was like, what? They're not even showing us the first kiss. Um, except that then Songy's obviously so like over the moon about it. I realized that was their first kiss, but they seem to have been together for a while and it was just all weird. And I'm ranting now, but I kind of feel I kind of feel a bit disappointed. Like I was so addicted to this to the romance in this. I just wanted that. I wanted that angsty thing, you know, that, I mean, that's what friends to lovers is as a trope. Why I love it so much is because of, you know, if someone falls in love with someone, but the other person only sees them as a friend, what is it like for that person who only sees them as a friend when they realize that that person has feelings for them? You know, like that's going to be such a crazy shitstorm of emotions. And I don't know, it just kind of fizzled out at the end and I realize I'm just ranting like a crazy person <laughs> but I, I really loved this one up until a certain point and even though I did really enjoy the end it was just a little bit too neat it was a little bit sugar sweet and I think I wouldn't have minded that if I'd felt um, more satisfaction that the romance had 
ended or, you know, like the romantic storyline had culminated in, in a bigger sort of ending for me instead of just sort of fizzling out and being like, hey, yeah, they're together now. Did we forget to tell you that before? Like we're not going to show you them get together or a moment of confession or anything like that. But, you know, whatever. Well, that was my discussion. I don't think it was a review exactly, but of my first first love, uh, the K-drama starring Jisoo. Oh, I think because I ranted so much at the end, it probably sounds like I really hated it, but I actually didn't. I freaking adored it. And I think that's why I got so ranty about those last two episodes, because they just didn't quite give me what I wanted and what I really felt like this drama could have easily delivered if the writing had just had just been a little bit different there at the end. But anyway, that's it. That's me done. That's my review. And I really fucking loved it. And I definitely say like presumably maybe you have seen it because this is a very spoilery kind of discussion but if you haven't I wouldn't let anything I've just said turn you off watching it because on the whole like 90% is fucking excellent it's only really that I just didn't feel fully satisfied and I loved it enough to you know have a rant about you know that slight flaw that it has at the end so I hope you enjoyed listening to the discussion um I'm just going to pop straight across now into my random thing of the week. And this week, I thought, since, you know, I'm already ranting at you like a manic person, I might talk about the robot trend that is quite popular in K-dramas at the moment. I feel weird about it. I feel really weird about it. It's very, very popular. There's been so many dramas with, you know, robot guys and a not robot girl pretending to be a robot I didn't mind that one so much because you know she's not a robot but also he's sort of falling in love with her and he thinks she's a robot I have really weird feelings about falling in love with a robot on top of you know just like that it's weird to fall in love with a robot I also feel really uncomfortable with the idea that it's kind of like the vampire thing you know like if you're in love with a robot the robot's gonna live forever like, they're not going to die. They're, they're not going to age, but you're going to get really old and wrinkly and, you know, old and die. And I don't understand how that romance isn't destined to totally fail. You know, like, at least a vampire can sink their teeth into you and turn you into a vampire. But a robot can't do anything. So I just, it's doomed from the start, you know. And it, I get that they're not... I get that they're sentient robots and that they're real people, but to me, like, I'm weird about it and it sort of feels like falling in love with a computer and I'm literally sitting here right now in front of my computer and I just, it's hard for me to imagine. So that's another rant for you as my random thing of the week. Um, I'd be interested to hear how other people feel about it and I have watched a few robot dramas and sort of not really got to the end of most of them because you know I, I just think they're not for me I think maybe they're not for me so now it's time for my segment something I've been loving this week uh so kind of all this drama watching this week about love triangles that I felt didn't quite work out the way that I wanted um it really got me thinking about love triangles and love triangles that I really really loved in other dramas and love triangles that I think were satisfying and angsty and fantastic 
So I thought as something that I loved this week, that is something that I've loved this week. One of them that I absolutely love is Dream High. Has anyone seen the love triangle in Dream High? You do not know which way Susie's affections are going to go as her character, Hemi, must decide. Between these two boys, it's so good and frankly, very surprising and not kind of so much the K-drama formula that I've seen so many times before. Fun fact, Dream High was my first ever K-drama that I ever watched. It was literally my gateway drug that has turned me into the complete addict that I am today. Another example of a love triangle that I absolutely loved was Who Are You School 2015, starring Kim Soo-hyun. I thought that love triangle was great. I was one of the lucky viewers who boarded the correct ship that actually sailed at the end. And I know that most people were totally shipping Kim Soo-hyun with the other guy. But personally, I felt very, very satisfied by that drama and by that love triangle. Another love triangle that I might mention that I really liked was Surplus Princess. Surplus Princess doesn't get probably a lot of buzz and I think probably a lot of that has to do with it getting cut short, which was so sad. I was completely obsessed with that drama. I'm pretty sure it was meant to be 16 episodes and they cut it to 12, something like that. Um, and because of that, it actually has a very similar sort of structure to my first first love in that the first half of the drama is taken up with the female lead falling in love with this you know really nice really sweet guy and then about the halfway point she realizes that maybe you know this guy that she's sort of become best friends with might actually be the real person that she cares about but because the drama did get cut short there wasn't as much time spent on her and the actual male lead as you know I wanted but other than that I really liked that love triangle for me, if a love triangle has lots of like petty jealousies and lots of angsty moments and a lot of confusion and tangled emotions, like oh, I'm so there. I just fucking love it. I don't know what it is, but they are just so good when they're good. 